T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. NFL triple header on Saturday. It is a glorious time of year, and that goes far beyond the holidays Three games, who are you putting your money on, and what about the daily fantasy slate? Brad Evans joins us here in just a couple of minutes. Also, should the Browns trade Odell Beckham Jr., we'll hear from our friends at 92.3 in Cleveland. And the Jacksonville Jaguars had a major problem. Could they attract free agents? Well, now that they've fired Tom Coughlin, did they solve that problem? Interesting situation down there in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a Thursday home and home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Been a bit of a tough week in the coaching profession. We've lost some legends this week. Yesterday, we lost the legendary high school football coach, Herman Boone. Of course, he was the inspiration Behind the coach and remember the Titans. He died at 84 years old. Herman Boone was, of course, at T.C. Williams High School in Virginia. That was when they were combined and integrated and how he coached through it. And remember the Titans is legendary. We also lost Hayden Fry, the Iowa legend, the day before at age 90, which prompted this question on a Thursday. Those... Uh, Hayden Fry was, of course, the inspiration for Coach, the ABC legendary sitcom Coach. We already talked about, remember, the Titans. Who are the greatest TV and or college football coaches of all time? I've got my own top five, which Coach, of course, is in, and Herman Boone is in, Ross Tucker. Who comes to mind when you think of legendary television or movie football coaches you know can i admit something dave and i don't know why i I don't really love any of them oh i I don't okay i i I, yeah i don't know why i'm i'm not i'm not really enamored with any of them um i kind of like al pacino in any given sunday just because he's so over the top and it's so ridiculous in some ways that it kind of cracks me up. I would have to say my favorite, I know I'm stealing one of your top five, is Molly McGrath in Wildcats. I love that movie. I love that she's tough and you jive turkeys. And I, I, I like that. By the way, not even joking. I cannot think of her name right now for the life of me. Meg Ryan's coming to mind. Molly Ringwald's coming to mind. (laughs) That's definitely not her name. I know it's neither one of those, her real life name. But she's Molly McGrath in the movie. She does a great job. The conflict, her family, the what. Like, I love it. Um, I love Finch in that movie. That's my middle name. But I can't. Oh, is it Goldie Hawn? Yes, nice job. Yes! Yes! 
Oh man, I dude, I swear, I knew we were gonna talk about this, and I'm like, I like Wildcats. I like Meg Ryan and Wildcats. I'm like, no, it's not Meg Ryan. Molly Ring. No, it's not Molly. Ring. I could not think of it. Goldie Hawn, I would say. But I gotta tell you, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of any of them. None of them are like, oh, that guy's awesome. Yeah, I love that guy. Molly McGrath was my number one from Wildcats fame. Love that movie. Love her role in that. Hayden Fox, of course, coach inspired by Hayden Fry, made my top five. I mentioned Herman Boone. Danny O'Shea, played by Rick Moranis in the legendary movie, do you know it? Little, Little Giants. Giants. Yeah, Little Giants. Danny O'Shea. And the last one seemed pretty obvious, uh, Eric Taylor in Friday Night Lights, um, just in terms of really embodied, I think, the things that that I love about the sport. I think he nailed the character extraordinarily well. Eric Taylor, Friday Night Lights. All right. But I thought, yeah. I have another admission to make. Okay. This is going to blow you away. You ready for this? You've I've never, never seen I've never watched a full episode of Friday Night Lights, the TV show. How's that possible? I don't know. You, I don't watch that much TV. Right, but you love football, and in particular, high school football, more than any human being I know. It's a no-brainer for you. I know. I, I should. I'll put it on the list. I don't know. I'll put it on the list, but I never really watch it. Now, I've seen all the movies, um, and I love all the movies. I kind of like the coach. Uh, I kind of like James Caan in the program, where... Latimer is clearly on steroids and like in between two a day practices, he's in there like hang cleaning 315 pounds and the assistant coaches are like, coach, he's on steroids. And James Conn's like, fellas, the NC2A has testing for this. You know, that's it's not our job. You know, we're not, we're not doctors. The NC2A has testing and, you know, uh, it's really not that hard to gain 35 pounds of pure muscle if you work really hard and hit the gym really hard in the office. Like, to me, I, like, the, the lines like that are what crack me up. Like, the, uh, I even like um, Ted Bundy, I don't know his real name, in Little Giants, Ed O'Brien. Oh, right, right. He, he won the Heisman, right? Wasn't he a Heisman winner? Yes, he won the Heisman. Yeah. He's kind of funny in that. Yeah. And he's like, when uh, when his niece, the girl, is pissed, he's like, that's my niece, Becky, or whatever. And she's pissed. You guys are all in trouble. And I also like Varsity Blues, the guy that gets kicked off as the coach. The guy Gilmer? that's like, uh, it's what's his name? John Voigt. I got John Voigt's yeah. car. Uh, John Voigt, when he's like, he's in the, he's, the, the, the guy's getting in trouble and the cop is complaining about the high school guys. He's like, you can't you can't handle my voice? You can't no, I can coach. And then and then the Paul Walker has the bad knee that they inject every game and like it gets even worse and the doctor's like, I can't believe that this is the first time he's had any damage. And the coach is like, Yeah, news to me. John Boyd John like, news to me. I, I don't know why, but it's the funny stuff like it's like the the lines like that that crack me up. 
Coach Kilmer, I think. Coach Kilmer, I hated him. I mean, he played he played a really good character and probably embodies a lot of high school football coaches in Texas, but I hated him. I guess that's why he nailed the character. You, I think you, you said know who I hate you know who I hated? Dawson Creek in varsity blues. Mox? Yeah. Mox is the man, dude. Mox, don't fuck with Mox. Mox is the man. Dude. She was in a whipped cream bikini. Oh, and oh, okay. he didn't do shit. He's 17 years old. What's the point of being the starting quarterback in West Texas high school football if when the hot girl comes in in a whipped cream bikini, you don't do anything about it? Okay, Mox, you're a loser, and you contribute to what people think about the Ivy League. And out of all the schools, you wanted to go to Brown? I mean, shoot higher, bro. Brown. That's the place you wanted to go? Brown? You know who had his priorities right? His dad, okay? Because it wasn't about Brown. It was about beating the other high school that Friday night, okay? Forget about Brown and your future and your dreams and the rest of your life. What matters, Dawson, is that game that night in West Texas high school football. Not Brown. Go win the game and then go to Allie Larder's house and tell her to do the whipped cream bikini again and you've rethought things and you have your priorities properly in line for once. I think we can agree the the whipped cream bikini would have been consumed by any of us, by any young red-blooded male. Would you motorboat? That would you motorboat it? Would you motorboat it? Would you motorboat it? Uh, there would not have been a single drop of whipped cream left. Let's just leave it at that. And let's bring in our good friend, Brad Evans. Uh, Brad, we're going to talk about gambling and all this and that. A nice jacket, by the way. You know, I have the same jacket. <laughs> Tis the season, my friend. Same jacket, baby. Um, Brad Evans joining us. It's Ross Tucker. It's Dave Briggs. Uh, we were talking about great uh, film and TV coaches. Do you have one that comes to mind? Molly McGrath of Wildcats fame. We lost Herman Boone of Remember the Titans fame and Hayden Fry, who inspired Coach, that legendary ABC sitcom. Yeah, you know, going back uh, into the annals of Hollywood history, what about the head coach of Hoosiers? Uh, I mean, Hoosiers is... Gene Hackman is one of the greatest actors ever. And of course, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth, decided to go into retirement as like a painter now and a writer and all that. But I mean, come on, Hoosiers is the movie. And I know you guys are, you know, we're talking about varsity blues and everything else, but Hoosiers had everything. And, you know, I weep every time I watch it. It's depressing. It's uplifting. Hickory High School. Uh, it's amazing. I, I just love the story. And, and to me, that's the grabber of them all and probably the, the greatest coach role in any you know, celluloid printed, uh, you know, film scene of all time. So it's uh, definitely Gene Hackman and Hoosiers for me. So, Brad, there is no doubt I am with you. I was actually, I think we were, we were trying to keep it to just football. And I said that I'm not overly enamored with any of the TV or movie football coaches. None of them, I think, are awesome. I do think that Gene Hackman in Hoosiers is easily number one i love it when he says my team's on the floor when they only have four guys out there everybody's <laughs> booing him i love when strap is praying and he leans down and he's like 
God wants you on the floor. And Strap just kind of smiles is like, yeah, he does. That movie, everything about that movie and Gene Hackman is awesome. For all sports, that is the right answer. Dave, are you with us? Brad and I are on the same page. Are you with us if you include any sport, Dave? Solidarity. That that is a clean sweep. Yes, I'm in agreement. All right. So, Brad, speaking of in agreement, can you get us in agreement on what this weekend is about from a fantasy perspective? We got, correct me if I'm wrong, we got some people in fantasy championships. A lot of people like to play DFS this weekend. In particular, are are there places where you just play the Saturday slate, those three games, like it's Thanksgiving? Yeah, you can absolutely do that. Uh, you know, with a three-game slate, there's uh, enough meat on the bone of players available that you can um, coddle together a pretty rock-solid lineup. And and look, we've got a game that's going to be kicking off Week 16 with a ton of shootout appeal between the Buccaneers, the Houston Texans. Both of these secondaries are overly forgiving. Uh, no matter if it's a holiday season or the middle of the summer, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's going to be points on the board. Now, the totals come down from 53 to 49 and a half. Uh, which is a little bit odd. I would still take the over on that. And I know that Jameis Winston's going to be throwing to guys like Brashad Perriman, uh, a dude named Nell that they signed off the practice squad, uh, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait. You know, the, the cupboard's pretty bare there without Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. But, I mean, what we know about Jameis Winston is he's just going to chuck the living hell out of the football probably 45, 50 times. Uh, and then you look at the secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and its struggles, you know, the same could be said about Deshaun Watson. So I love a Will Fuller, uh, assuming that his hamstring doesn't explode mid-game. Uh, I love Brashad Perriman. I have them both ranked inside my top 12. I have Perriman at wide receiver six. I mean, this, these are the strange twists and turns we always take in fantasy land in week 16 where we're talking about Brashad Perriman being must-start material alongside the likes of even a Mike Boone on Monday night. It looks like it's got to be the starter for the Minnesota Vikings against Green Bay. You said my magic word, and it's Jameis. I'm so fascinated with Jameis Winston. I Obviously, like everyone else, I can't figure him out, but I find him so enticing. I can't not watch Jameis Winston. First guy in NFL history, 450 yards in consecutive weeks. And expanding on that, a Florida man is one of my favorite hashtags. <laughs> Look at the three Florida hashtag, the three Florida quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is as interesting a story at the quarterback position as I think anyone in football. And then Minshew Magic, who ended Raiders history at Oakland Coliseum, sticking the dagger in there. Can you imagine a three more fascinating quarterbacks to watch than a Florida man, the QBs down there? Who's your yeah, favorite? Yeah, at least. At least they're keeping their clothes on and are not high on meth or anything like that because that seems to be involved in every Florida man story. And they're like breaking into <laughs> random places, wrestling gators, cooking in the nude. It's it's just bizarre. Uh, but I'm highly entertained by him, at, uh, to say the least. But you're right. I mean, uh, that triumvirate of quarterbacks, uh, high on personality, uh, playing uh, pretty good football as well on some pretty shitty teams. So, yeah, I mean, that's the saving grace, I guess, of Florida professional football right now are the quarterback stories. But, you look, people, if you got Jameis Winston this week, you got to play him. I am ranked number one among all fantasy quarterbacks. 
And it's not necessarily based on the recency bias. It's just he don't give two craps anymore. And he's just going to throw it 50 times, again, against a highly beatable and burnable secondary of the Houston Texans. So it could be another 400 yards, three touchdowns. They're going to have to probably stomach two to three turnovers. That's always a downside with Jameis. So here's my question, Brad. It, I mean, I, I'm starting to think that maybe the Bucks either franchise tag him or they work out a one-year deal. Because I think Arians probably thinks, you know what, if I can just get this guy to cut down on a few of these interceptions, with Godwin and Evans, we could light up the league next year. <laughs> yeah. if, he goes, if he goes back, uh, Chris Godwin's unbelievable. If he goes back to Tampa... Where is he in the draft next year for uh, for uh, quarterbacks? Where are you going to have him ranked? Well, look, if you're talking about your neighborhood standard league, you know, quarterbacks are always valued at a higher premium than, say, quote-unquote, the experts leagues that are out there. I've already seen some early experts mocks, and Winston's gone, like, round eight, round nine, around the Kyler Murray territory, and I think that's appropriate. Um, look, you're 100% right. Look, he's got the weapons around him with, with Evans coming back. Uh, who's a basketball player wearing shoulder pads, uh, just unstoppable downfield. Chris Godwin has been quite the revelation this season. You know, hopefully O.J. Howard can get more involved in this offensive scheme on a, you know, week-in, week-out, more consistent basis next year. Uh, I like kind of the bare bones of this entire team. I mean, they have one of the elite run defenses of the league. Uh, Vita Vea, JPP, a lot of these key components, uh, they're under contract, under control for next season. So they should be at least a top five, uh, you know, unit, if not the best run stuffing unit in the league. If they could just make upgrades on the secondary side, if they can actually find a franchise running back because Rojo has had his fleeting moments, but he's whipped in uh, blitz pickup here and there and paper barbers just may. I mean, there's nothing else about that. So if they can get a solid running back in the draft. Uh, you know, make those upgrades in the secondary. And all of a sudden, Tampa looks like a team and a force to reckon with in the NFC South. So, yeah, I like uh, the, the components of this squad as long as they can get the necessary players to fill some of those massive voids currently on roster. All right, brother. want you to win us some money. So uh, Patriots are minus six and a half. Niners also minus six and a half. Any spreads that jump out there on week 16? Baltimore, a 10 point favorite at Cleveland. What jumps out? Uh, let's go to that battle in the Golden State. Uh, I like the Rams and the points here. San Francisco is just battered, bruised. Uh, they're walking infirmary right now on defense. I doubt Richard Sherman's going to be back. Uh, D Ford probably unlikely to play as well. I mean, they, they got some serious. Uh, defections there and I I really think that uh, you know this uh, offense of the LA Rams provided Todd Gurley the efficient version can show up on Sunday or on Saturday mind you because that's uh, the later game uh, I think can definitely take advantage here and keep this game close so give me the points of the Rams there again I like the over uh, and the week 16 kickoff game between the Texans and the Buccaneers at 49 and a half Tampa's hit the over at 11 of its last 12 games I like the Titans, too. Uh, plus three. Look, a desperate team back against the wall. Everybody is, uh, you know, feeding into the recency bias in New Orleans Saints off Drew Brees, historic shellacking of the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. And, you know, Brees has struggled in his last handful of road games. And I think that could come to fruition against an offense 
which has gone nuclear for the Tennessee Titans under Ryan Tannehill with A.J. Brown really budding right now. So give me the Titans plus three. And then let's go to the fighting Fitzpatrick's. Uh, the UConn Cornelius going to strike it rich with a little silver and gold if he lays some action on Miami. They're only laying a point. I mean, Cincinnati's lost 15 of its last 16 games straight up. And essentially this game's a pick em. I think the Dolphins win, and they may win convincingly at home. Let me ask you this, Brad. It's a Thursday. We've talked to you every Thursday all year. There's usually a game tonight. There is no game tonight, and I hate it. I hate that there's no NFL game on tonight or good game on tonight. What are your thoughts on Thursday night football as a fan and from a fantasy expert perspective? I hate it. Uh, That's why I invented hashtag tequila Thursday, because the only reason to stomach the game is unless I'm just slobber knockered off the love juice. I mean, I'm not a fan of Thursday night football. I think in general, it's a crap product. I think the teams are underprepared. We've had some fleeting moments this season where it's been quality football, but for the most part, it's lived down to my expectations. So uh, I actually prefer the Saturday games. And obviously, you're not competing with college football this time of year, though. You got the Bahamas Bowl coming up on Saturday, and you got to have some action on that to make it palatable. Uh, But, you know, that's Buffalo and Charlotte in that game. But in general, I guess from a fantasy perspective, you know, it wets the whistle. It's an appetizer before the main slate. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I'd rather have like a Friday night game. I'd rather have Saturday night games routinely in the NFL or just, you know, keep everything to Sunday and Monday or better yet, Ross. And I still can't believe they haven't done this. I love it when the NFL opens with the Monday night doubleheader. I think they should have that every week and just do away with Thursday night football completely. Okay, Ross, final question is for you, and it's obvious. Who wore it best? Dave Briggs, Brad Evans, rocking the, I believe they're both the same. Yeah, shinesty, ugly Christmas sweater, sport coat. Ross, who wore it best? Well, they're not the same, first of all, because Brad has deer on his at the top. And, well, no, Brad, turn the other way. Turn the other way. Up by that leaf right there, I saw up by his neck up there. Yours doesn't have that, does it? It's the same pattern, I think, just cut in a different spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's right. Um, you know, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Dave. Oh, 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 oh! Brad's shirt underneath just destroyed you. You just have <laughs> a regular black shirt, and he's got Will Ferrell in the Elf. Son of a nutcracker, you just got you just got smoked, Dave. You got smoked no by doubt. the undershirt. No question. Brad, is that your favorite Christmas movie? Elf? Uh no. For me, it's probably Christmas Vacation. Um, that's high on the list. Home Alone, I'm a huge fan of as well. Uh, I've I've already consumed that a couple of times, but Christmas Vacation. I mean, it is the jelly of the month club. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I watched it last night. I've seen Elf. Those are my two favorites. Good choices, Brad. Good to see you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you, too. Happy New Year. And Dave, I am now strangely imagined in a whipped cream bikini. I don't know why. (laughs) Yes. And cheers to that. Brad Evans, folks. We'll talk to him in 2020. Uh, So you, you need a jacket like this, Ross? You need one. You know, one. it's interesting, actually. 
Uh, I need your opinion on something. I have kind of an ugly, it's supposed to be an ugly Penn State sweater, Christmas yeah. sweater. Tomorrow. I'm going to one of my daughter's school Christmas parties today. Should I rock that? Or should I rock what I have on right now? Well, tomorrow is ugly Christmas sweater day. If you feel like being, you know, a part of a theme tomorrow, we could wear ours here on Home and Home. I have something similar. So I would prefer you wear it tomorrow. Uh, I'll wear it tomorrow. It's not that it's not overly comfortable. So I'll wear it. I'll wear it tomorrow. I'm missing my daughter's Christmas play. Oh, I'm very sad about that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, back to the radio.com red zone, we go to Cleveland to find out the latest on Odell Beckham Jr. And are you a traitor if you're a Redskins fan who bail on your team and turn to the Baltimore Ravens? But first, Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then, find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's the trade market for Odell Beckham Jr.? Should the Browns say goodbye to their diva wide receiver, go back to perhaps strengthening that offensive line. The Jaguars had a major problem given a statement from the NFL PA. Did they solve it in firing Tom Coughlin? Will players want to go play there now? It's a Thursday home and home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. 
Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. We'll also hear from Julian Edelman, the injured Patriots wide receiver. His thoughts on Spygate Part 2. When will the league rule on its discipline for Bill Belichick and or the Patriots? But we start in Cleveland where things have just gone from bad to worse. The rumors, the reports have circulated that Odell Beckham Jr. said to several teams in the month of October and maybe at least one after that, come get me, get me out of here in a sense, saying it in front of reporters, saying in front of his teammates and other teammates, they're six and eight, Freddie Kitchens, clearly on a hot seat, although there have been reports they are standing by their first-year head coach. And then it wasn't only Beckham. It was Jarvis Landry who reportedly said, to the Arizona Cardinals, come and get me. Yeah, he could have been kidding. Would you say that if you had any respect for your head coach? Let's uh, fire up the radio.com red zone. Go to 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland to hear what the the fans and the hosts are talking about in Brown's country. No, I've, I've been talking to the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts. Um, you know, a couple Canadian League teams that I'm also, you know, trying to get traded to. So it's been, you know, it's been great conversations. It's just, it's done. It's old. You know, like I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I, I'll be here. We're gonna figure this thing out. Um, it's just too special to leave. It's just too good, you know. I didn't, I didn't buy a house here to to sell it, you know. I know people have said, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign them to trade them before, but I didn't really buy a house here to, to up up and leave it and do renovations on a house and build a doghouse. This entire season has has been pretty much a disaster for his brand. For everything he is, I mean, this is a guy who's supposed to be the best wide receiver in the game, and everyone's like, he hasn't been the best wide receiver in the game, maybe ever, but certainly not in the last three years. Everything we gave up for Odell Beckham, and he's not a top 20 wide receiver, that's really debilitating. I'm just more hopeful, or I feel a little better because it's it's a, there's a record of it. You've said it, now I get to hold you accountable. I, the, Brown, the Browns can hold him accountable, us and the media can hold him accountable, the fans can hold him accountable, you said it. As a, as a Cleveland fan, I, I heard LeBron, you know, in a ton of these kind of interviews, and he never, ever, ever would say, I'm staying, ever. And th- he was asked a million times, and as a fan, I knew that meant he was gone. He was gone because he wasn't saying he was staying. In this case, he said, I think that means he probably doesn't tend to stay. Who knows what could happen? But I do think it has a lot more value. And I just think that he, it did have a calming effect. I think the fact that he came out and said it says a lot. And it says a lot to a fan, especially in the Cleveland area, who we'd never get that. I just think it meant something. Basically, what he's doing, I think, is the same thing a lot of fans do. Done with the Browns, fire mm-hmm. Freddie, Baker's fat, the whole thing. Then on Wednesday, well, I think you guys are picking on Baker a little bit too much. You know, you know if Freddie's a rookie head coach... and. And I think that we could work. It, it, it changes throughout the week. So for Odell, I do think he probably said something in frustration. I take him for face value. If he's in the Browns uniform and he's playing and contributing, then I'm going to be fine. 
92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, breaking down all things Browns, Odell Beckham Jr. and Freddie Kitchens related. I think they have to trade Odell Beckham Jr. or at least try to. I'm not sure what the market is for a guy with that contract, given the injury history and given the, frankly, just the lack of production in recent years. Baker Mayfield hasn't been great, but we told you this yesterday. Odell Beckham Jr. is the 58th graded wide receiver, according to our friends at profootballfocus.com. That is 58, not in the top 50. I would trade him if you could. I would think Howie Roseman might have some interest. They got to move on from Alshon Jeffrey, given the rumors you've heard about him perhaps being toxic in that locker room, and they have no wide receivers there. I think they got to ship him. You, Ross? Well, there's a bunch of different things here, Dave. First of all, I find it kind of comical that Odell Beckham Jr. is standing up there saying, yeah, I'll be here next year. Hey, Odell, guess what, buddy? You're under contract with the Cleveland Browns through the 2023 season. You don't really get to decide that. You don't really get to determine that. You're not a free agent. You don't have the power over whether or not you're there. Like, he's having this big press conference, and we've got audio from 92.3, the Cleveland, in Cleveland, our radio.com affiliate of callers saying, I'm just so happy that he said he's going to be here. He doesn't have a choice. What the hell are we talking about? Now, the organization, to your point and your question, Dave, does have a choice. Either they keep him at a salary next year of $14 million with a $250,000 workout bonus, which really isn't that bad for an elite receiver, if you still think he is, or perhaps they do trade him. My guess is they will explore trading him because it hasn't meshed that well with Baker. The only thing I wonder a little bit, Dave, is whether they will give this season a mulligan because of the sports hernia, because of Freddie Kitchens, because it's his first year working with Baker Mayfield, and think that perhaps an offseason and being healthy would help. But here's the thing, Dave. He doesn't show up for the offseason. He won't be there. He won't be at the OTAs working with Baker Mayfield so that they're more on the same page. He, he, he won't be there. He won't. I can almost guarantee it. He will not be. He wasn't there this year after they just traded for him. He went the first day as like a symbolic gesture and then left again. You know, it's a shame. And I remember saying this a couple years ago, Dave. I think he is as gifted of a receiver as we've ever seen. But when he started doing all the off-the-field branding stuff and even the on-the-field stuff, I said, you know, this is a guy that has a chance to be an all-time great, and I just don't think it's going to happen for him. And people were like, what do you mean? Look at his stats and look at his first three years versus Jerry Rice's first. I said, just trust me on this one. He does not ooze a guy that's going to maximize his on-field potential. In fact, I think, Dave, he's more interested in maximizing his off-field potential 
Maybe that's a smart business move. He makes a lot of money off the field. More power to him. I think for us, from an entertainment standpoint and wanting to see greatness, it's a shame. He's not only not going to maximize his on-field potential, I'm not sure he's going to get close. But do you think the two go hand in hand? Can he maximize the brand, the off-the-field potential, with another season like this? I mean, he's flat-out mediocre. Will the brand still be worth what it is? Will he still be that intriguing, that interesting, a player to find, to bind his products and to spread around if he continues to produce like this? No, I think you're a good, I think you make a good point. I think it hurts your ability to be that marketable when you're not playing at a really high level. But I got to tell you, Dave, on some level, he, he's like a made guy. Do you know how many college games I did this year where we would meet with the players and one of the receivers always had the Odell Beckham Jr. hairstyle? Always, at least one of the starting receivers. And you'd ask him who their favorite player is, and they'd say Odell. I see it in high school. I mean, he is – he. you know how, like, Cram Newton said – he wanted to be more than just a football player. He wanted to be like an icon and an entertainer or whatever. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. is an icon. His brand is like his his style, his fashion. Like it goes way beyond him just being a football player now. He really just needs to be on TV and people to continue to see his swag and his style. I just wonder if if he has to have at least some electric moments, if not some better statistics, or does that brand just become, well, no, maybe not. Because I'm looking at, at wide receivers around the league, and for whatever reason, New Hopkins is not as much of a brand. Julio Jones is not as much of a brand. Michael Thomas, the best wide receiver in the NFL, I feel like is not even a known commodity around the league, and he's about to break the single-season catch record it is odd far better brand than any of those wide receivers though their production is far above anything odell beckham has produced in years uh they are taking on baltimore this weekend are a 10 point dog at home at home and baltimore was the subject of our poll question yesterday we asked you is it okay for redskins fans to switch their fandom to the Ravens. It's been 20 frustrating, annoying, mediocre years with Dan Snyder at the helm, running that organization into the ground, firing coaches every couple of years, the carousel at the quarterback position, so on and so forth. The poll results are clear. 8,000 of you voted. 58% said yes Ravens all the way. It is okay to switch your fandom. Ordinarily, I would hate that, Ross. Ordinarily, I would say you got to stick with your team through thick and thin because that's what being a fan is. Red Sox fans stuck with that team through some of the worst of circumstances through 86 years without a World Series, and boy, were they rewarded. In this situation with the Redskins and with the way Snyder's run that organization, I'm all about bailing. All I see is joy in Baltimore. The relationship between 
Harbaugh and Lamar, Lamar and the rest of his teammates and Mark Ingram, it is joyous. It is infectious. And I couldn't help but become a fan of that organization if I lived anywhere near them. Totally agree with these poll results. Yeah, you know, it's um, I, I tweeted this, Dave. I quote tweeted this at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. The show, of course, at RDC Home and Home. The network at RDC Sports. Just making sure everybody knows where you can find us. And I will always appreciate and respect fan loyalty. Always. But I think the older I get and now having kids... I see things a little bit differently in the sense that if you live in the Maryland area and let's say you've been a Redskins fan living in Bethesda or Rockville or any of those, right? Um, Let's say you've been a Redskins fan, but you think about it and you think, you know what? Do I want my child to have to suffer for the next 20 years like I have for the past 20 years? Do I want that for them? Or do I want them to have joy as a fan, to have excitement, to get positive feelings from it? I can easily right now where I'm located in Virginia, in Maryland, I can easily make them a Ravens fan. We can go to games together. We can Get with Lamar Jackson and this awesome Ravens organization. I got to tell you, Dave, I'm okay with that. Now, I don't think it will be as rewarding as it would be if you're a Ravens or if you're a Redskins fan, if and when they finally turn things around, because that is the rewarding part of being a fan. It's that you were with them through the thick and thin, and then you get the benefit of when they're doing well. It's like Bills fans being at the airport for Josh Allen and the Bills after they beat the Steelers to get a 10th win and clinch the playoffs because the Bills have had such little success since the Kelly era. Or Eagles fans who winning that Super Bowl a couple years ago was the best day of their life because they had gone their whole lives without winning a Super Bowl. It just won't be as special. You're not setting your you're setting your child up, I think, for more happiness, but not the same level of pure ecstasy that you get when you've been loyal for a long time and pop out the other side, if that makes sense. It does. I just think that kids today, they're not truly fans of teams anyway, as a parent of an 11-year-old boy who was born in Boston, had every opportunity and every excuse to be a diehard Patriots fan. But the truth is they are fantasy football fans. They are fans of players far more than teams, and no one is more exciting, more fun to watch and to listen to than Lamar Jackson right now. So it's going to be an easy decision for kids in that region. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we talked about uh, loyalty there of fans. What about loyalty of players? The Jacksonville Jags had a big problem on their hands 
after the NFLPA blasted the organization. Did the Jags solve it by firing Tom Coughlin? We'll dive into that subject in a moment. But from firing Coughlin to hiring Gretchen Hebner. Hiring can be a challenge, and that's what Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. She needed a new game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. They don't depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. ZipRecruiter's matching technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones, and that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. Results like that, no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is so effective for businesses of all sizes. Check out ZipRecruiter at our exclusive address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I know I have. I have posted my resume on ZipRecruiter. I have indeed. Who knows what 2020 will hold? ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. The smartest way to hire was firing Tom Coughlin the right way to send a message to players around the league that we are open for business. We are not anti-player. We're not going to fine you for ridiculous things. Dante Fowler was fined $700,000 by the Jacksonville Jaguars for missing, quote, mandatory appointments with trainers and physicians in the off season. He got that money back. He filed a grievance with the NFLPA. The NFLPA then responded by saying 25%, a full quarter of grievances filed by players were against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that looked like it was because of one man, Tom Coughlin, who is now fired from the organization. And here's what else the NFLPA said. You as players may want to consider this when you have a chance to select your next club. The Players Association was sending a signal to free agents around the league, don't go to Jacksonville they will treat you like shit. They will fine you for ridiculous things. You will have to file grievances in order to get that money back. That was a toxic message. Did they clean up that mess by firing Coughlin, Ross? Well, and that is why I think they did it, Dave, because I am not overly happy about the firing by the Jags because I feel like Coughlin was the first head coach of the franchise, came back. They did go to an AFC championship game and had the lead in the fourth quarter. And from multiple reports out there, it sounds like he was going to resign or retire or whatever after the season. Dave, that's 10 days away. I mean, the season is over in 10 days. So part of me thinks if you're Shad Khan, just wait the 10 days and let Tom Coughlin resign, retire, whatever he wants to do on his own terms. You know he's gone. You know he's leaving. I feel like the only reason why Shad Khan did it now is that he felt compelled to do it now because of what the NFLPA wrote. I think Shad Khan 
felt like he needed to send a loud message to the people of Jacksonville, to agents, to players, hey, this isn't okay. We realize the error of our ways with these grievances and these fines. We're correcting it. I'm firing him. We're moving on. We'll be better. That's kind of the message that I felt like Shad Khan felt like he had to send. I guess I understand that. The flip side, though, I would say this, Dave, in terms of all of the fines and stuff, if you've watched the Jags the last few years, in particular Dante Fowler, Leonard Fournette, Jalen Ramsey on and off the field, they're not very disciplined. They've had a number of discipline issues, and I feel like Coughlin felt like this was one way in which he could get them in line. He could get the culture what he wanted it to be. And I don't think, you know, maybe he didn't realize it. And, you know, I know a lot of stuff in the offseason isn't mandatory. I would think if a guy is working his way back from an injury, that those treatments and those medical sessions would be mandatory. I'm a little surprised by that. And I don't have a big problem with him for doing that. I'm all for player rights. I was a player. But especially on the medical side, like, you want to make sure that you're keeping abreast of the progress of your injured players, especially your good ones. Yeah, I just think guys like Coughlin in this day and age, you're just not going to see any hard asses stick around teams right now. It's a different era, player empowerment. You can't have a guy like Tom Coughlin representing your organization, turning away free agents, turning away players that are there now, finding them, trying to have this hard-ass regime. Can a guy like that survive in any role in the NFL? Head coach, GM, personnel, anywhere in the era of player empowerment are the old-school disciplinarians uh, extinct or going to be? You know... I don't think so, because I think a guy like Parcells could still get away with it. I know he's not going to do it. On some level, I think Belichick fits that criteria or category. But I don't think you're going to see very many guys like that get hired. That's for sure. I, I think you the only way you could get away with it is if you had such a great track record and like an impeccable reputation that allowed you to act like that. Otherwise, I just don't think guys are going to go for it. I think you're right. That era is dead and gone. It's now all about player empowerment. Come full circle now to where we started this program at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time to our poll results regarding the Yankees and their archaic, frustrating, annoying, out-of-date, old-school, crappy rule that requires players to shave their beards, cut their long locks. Garrett Cole, $324 million, still had to shave and didn't look good, showing off that clean-shaven face. 900 of you have voted, and the results are overwhelming. More than a 2-to-1 spread, yes, the Yankees should change that outdated policy. 67% say yes, 33% say no. Although now that Garrett Cole shaved, it seems like that rule ain't going anywhere. I think this was the opportunity that Garrett Cole had 
to break that rule forever, Ross, and I think he lost a real opportunity. Yeah, and guess what? This rule, you know it's outdated when they allow mustaches. Because now if a guy wore a mustache, right, he would be doing so, like, ironically, or it'd be a joke, or it'd be the exact opposite of whatever the Yankees are trying to accomplish. So in my mind, I feel like allowing the mustache is almost, that proves it's like a rule from the 70s. Right. You you said something that's very interesting to me. Um is your insinuation that guys growing the stash in sports today are doing it out of uh, irony? Because that's the sense I get with Aaron Rodgers when Antonio yes. Brown had it. And the one guy that I can't figure out is Mike Vrabel because it looks ridiculous in my estimation. Does he think it looks good? Do you think it looks good? No, it doesn't look good. And I think Vrabel's <laughs> doing and, – and knowing Vrabel, I think he's just doing it as a joke. I think he's just messing with us. I, right? I think he, for all I know, he probably had a bet with Taylor Lewan that if they won, he wouldn't shave his mustache. You know what I mean? Like, he's much more likely to have had like a bet with a player that he would keep the mustache all season if the player did X, Y, and Z than actually do that for the looks. I think you need to find that out. You need to make uh, some calls to your contacts and find out if that was a bet or if he actually thinks that looks good. Because I've wondered that from the very beginning. It just looks out of place. We're out of time on a Thursday for Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs back on a football Friday to preview that matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys for a trip to the playoffs. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.